Welcome to the Two Hmong Boys Podcast, where your hosts, Chu and Meng, give our hottest takes on current events and Hmong topics. So join us each week and sit back, relax, and jai ipa. Hey y'all, welcome to our seventh episode on Two Mom Boys. Thanks for tuning in. We are your hosts, Chu and Meng. And on today's show, we're going to talk about our perspectives on overseas dating and marriages and how we think Hmong sons should engage with their fathers when they cheat overseas. And then we'll wrap it up as usual with life advice on Hmong Lum Hmong. Before we get into the overseas dating, Chu, how have you been with uh, all this coronavirus stuff and, you know, states kind of lifting some of these stay-at-home measures? It's actually been really nice. Uh, my kids, they were really excited because the other day we went to a restaurant and we actually went inside and we sat there and they're like, my oldest was like, oh my God, dude, I miss going outside. Yeah, for me, um, up here in Minnesota, they opened up uh, outdoor patios a while back and they just opened up indoor seating. I haven't been to restaurants for indoor seating yet, but I did do the outdoor patio and it was nice. It was just nice to have some sort of normalcy again in our lives. And at the same time, I get it. COVID-19 is still out there. You know, we, we got to still be vigilant and understanding, but I think I refuse to stay inside for the next year and a half until a vaccine is developed. So the only way to have some sort of normalcy is just to follow the safety precautions as best as you can, I guess. Yeah. That's where I'm, I'm at. I'm, I'm pretty good right now. Like every now and then is fine, but just don't go crazy. Yeah. Okay. But let's jump into it then. Overseas dating. I think how we want to approach this is we want to talk about this in two different aspects. One is with the young bucks, which, you know, we probably say, you know, 20 to, you know, thirties, late thirties. And then talk about it from the OGs, because I think there's two very different needs, desires, perspectives, whatever you want to call it, between these two different groups. So let's start with the Young Bucks first. And when I look at the Young Bucks, you know, myself included and other people that I've seen uh, who marry and date overseas, I I see kind of three different, you want to call it sub-segments of these Young Bucks in terms of like the reasons why they date and marry overseas. The first one is not to put these guys down or anything like that. But like, I think a lot of these men just aren't versed in talking in dating women here. And so they kind of go overseas because it's easier for them to do that. Man, dude, you're, you're too fucking like politically correct and shit, dude. Just be honest, dude. I would just call it what it is. You know, these guys, they got no game. (laughs) Well, thank you for saying what I wanted to say. (laughs) Stupid. Well, the way I think of these guys is like they're naive and they tend to ro- uh, romanticize love and they're like always waiting for the perfect girl or they're always waiting for that magical moment. Yeah. But it's not that they're bad people or anything. They're just very naive, yeah. which is fine. I, I, I agree with you. When I when I look at these, like at the end of like you said, yeah. and so therefore, the vast majority of them are like that. And so... They get to the point where they're like their parents are trying to like say you should get married. There's a lot of pressure for them to get married. And they're like, okay, well, I guess all I know is I need to get married wife, have a family. And so to do that, I just need to go date and marry overseas and make it simple. Yeah, and plus these like homie got girls, they walk as fuck, dude. So, like, <laughs> so it's hard for these guys. <laughs> Damn, stop putting down our brothers, dude. Dude, I know a lot of these guys, but I'm not oh I guess I oh fuck, dude. Maybe I am putting them down, but <laughs> I'm just speaking the truth. And yeah. You know, I don't have, I don't hate them or I don't got anything against them because, you know, uh, I have a lot of friends like this too and uh, siblings or whatever. You know, so I still respect them, but I'm just saying like, you know, if you don't got game, you don't got game. There ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So how do you feel 
just about this, this concept then, right, of these younger guys in their late 20s, early 30s, late 30s, who are like, I just need to marry somebody and I'm just going to find somebody over there who I kind of like and who can fulfill all these gender roles or wife roles. How do you feel about that? Well, shit, dude. Like I said, we're being real. I kind of feel like it's leaning towards like exploitation. And like with that, like they're exploiting these girls who are in a situation that's less favorable. But like at the same time, these guys are very naive. So they may not even see that they're doing that. Mm -hmm. So I do understand like why they don't see it. But if I'm just going to be an outsider, like it's like straight up exploitation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the one piece that maybe makes me kind of semi-okay when it comes to this is that like these guys they do truly want to find a wife to mm-hmm. to come in love and respect and have a family with you know and so from that standpoint it's like i think they're well intentioned they're not cheating on anybody to go over there you could argue whether or not the role they expect their wife to fit is a good or bad role like yeah right because their wife's going to come to a very traditional yeah role i believe but then i think they are truly trying to find a wife that they want to build a life with no, I definitely agree because like most of these uh, people that I do see around me uh, in these situations, you know, they're you know, they're fine. You know, they don't have major issues or major issues that I know about. True. The next upset of men that I see marry and date women from overseas generally do it because you know they want a wife to fulfill a very specific Nyaten K role. And and the and the difference between this and the group of guys we just said before is like these guys actually do have game. They can talk to women. They've had past relationships and homie got girls. And I think they've said like, you know what? These mommy got girls, they, for whatever reason, don't fit what I expect of a wife because I they're so tied to, they're so tied to making their parents happy and the roles in which a, a Hmong son and Yasha have. And they feel like someone from overseas can better fit that role. The way I think of this is these guys, they just have Hmong pride. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to, you know, keep the culture, you know, keep the traditions alive, you know, hold on to our Hmong identity, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Or is there? <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know what the answer to that is, but you're right. These guys do highly value a Nya 10K. And, you know, Hmong American girls who are educated tend to have a lot of desire to be a Nya 10K. And I don't blame them for that. I totally understand mm-hmm. why. But these guys are also the guys who just really love their parents. And I feel like a lot of times with these guys, Mary, that they're choosing their parents' happiness before theirs. Because I think these guys, you know, they are probably settling for somebody overseas because they know everything they're going to be giving up relative to a mommy guy girl, but they're willing to do that to make their parents happy. So in a sense, like, with that said, that's why I'm kind of concerned with this type of relationship or these type of guys. Because that could lead to uh, oppressing your wife. It's just going to be like our, our mom and dad, you know, where like, you know, they're not intentionally oppressing uh, the women, but it's because that's how they understand our culture, you know, and our values, you know, that's what they're going to be doing. And yeah, like, what these guys, like I said before, these guys aren't naive because you know, they've been in relationships. So when they, when they marry these girls, they know exactly what they want out of these girls. Yeah, because I will like the difference between these and the guys who just have that game. The guys who have a game, these women fit the role that they actually want for these women. Whereas these guys, these women fit the role that they want for their parents. 
And so then they're not fitting the role that these guys want in their wife, like a true partner. So that these guys probably have this struggle of like, this is really what I want from a true partner, but this is all I have. And it's back to your, your point of like, that could lead them to oppressing the wife, maybe not be completely bought into the relationship because it's a, I'm doing this for somebody else's happiness and my, not my own mm-hmm. um, sort of thing. And that's a sad piece. It's just like, they're really sacrificing their happiness. And I think that's never a good thing. Okay. The, the third type of, you know, subsegment of like the younger bucks who marry overseas that I've seen is like, they actually truly have game. They can talk to women here, but they are just attracted to a woman from overseas. You know, this is probably very rare. And even the case before of marrying overseas to make the parent happy is rare. The vast majority of young bucks who marry overseas probably don't have game and just are looking for a wife. But these are the folks who are like, I like this person for who they are. And that's that. The way I think of is this true love. And it doesn't matter if it's long distance or if it's America or it's wherever. You know, if they like each other, they like each other for who they are and they're going to get together. But, you know, it's kind of like a K-drama, like the way I uh, recall Ming telling me about uh, his ex-wife. So like you and your wife, you guys met when you guys were like one or two in a Tom United <laughs> refugee camp. And then you stupid. moved to America and then she stayed in Thailand. And then 20 plus years later... You found, uh, you saw her in this movie, and you're like, "Oh my god, dude, who's this girl? Do I know her?" So you so found dumb. a way, you connected, and then you guys, you brought her over. You guys got married. Man, that was a so that was dumb. a great K drama uh, love story, dude. So dumb. Wait, is that true or not? Well, we were four years apart, so if it to be true, maybe I was four and she was an infant. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, too, I did meet her when I was traveling in Thailand, and I never would have expected ever that I'd marry someone from overseas. Because you know how like, you know, as you get older, you're unmarried, your parents, your uncles are always like, oh, <laughs> you know, and I was like, no, why would I want to do that? Right. So that was always my mentality. But I was traveling for Thailand as part of a work trip. And I met my ex-wife and things kind of built from there. And it built very similarly to how a relationship i guess would build in the u.s but just like a long distance one right you, you meet somebody you're into them as a person you liked them as a person and then you continue talking and you build that relationship so that's kind of how it developed for me and kind of what you said like it's just no difference than dating here but with distance mm-hmm. that's a good story i really like it that's the first time i ever heard of it so overall too you know we talked about a couple of different reasons why Hmong men here want to marry from overseas these young bucks like overall like what do you feel about that Let's be honest, I don't see a huge problem with it, you know, especially if it's with the younger guys staying overseas. Because, you know, like the way I see it, if both parties are content or, you know, even happy, I feel like the ends justify the means. So I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I know you talked a little bit about the exploitation. Mm-hmm. And, and I go back to kind of what you said there. Like, yes, I get that the initiation of sometimes these women willing to have these relationships with some of these men, especially the men who don't have game is that they are seeking better economic opportunities. But if that turns into a relationship that is healthy and is good, and they do have better economic opportunities and they are happy, I, I guess I'm, I'm okay with that too. And even if things don't work out and the woman has achieved the better economic opportunity and she's happy with that, is the means really that wrong then? You know, it's a tough one for me to say. So now let's go into probably the more controversial one, which is the OGs. 
going overseas and dating or marrying people from overseas. They have a lot of reasons for why they do that. But at the end of the day, I look at that and I'm like, that's just straight up cheating. And we talked in our prior episode on, you know, some of the reasons that we believe Hmong men cheat. And, you know, one of the first ones is to play. So I think, you know, some of these Hmong men, they really do just want to go overseas as a pastime or for fun. You know, I just want to say this too. Like, yes, we understand there are exceptions where the wife passes away or they do get divorced first and then they go overseas. But that's the that's the minority versus the majority. Yeah? So we're talking about the majority here. So I just want to throw that out there. Sure. Yeah. So these guys who do go over there to play, they really have no intention of getting married, uh, but they just want a girl in place, you know, with another area code, or in this case, a country code um, that they can go visit for the New Year's and pass time with. So yeah, I'm not going to really get into this psychology of play since we talked about past episode, but that's how I see when these men go overseas and play. That's what they're looking for. And these guys can't be helped. So, you know, watch though. But the next one is like ego. And what ego, this is what I noticed from the uncles and all the older folks now. Their ego changes now that they're older because the older generation passed away. So now they're the oldest generation. So now they're starting to have more recognition. For example, like, so now their ego starts to inflate. And now they feel like they can start cheating or they're entitled to cheating. Yeah. And then the next one are relationships. This is probably the toughest one. And the one that I probably could relate with the most, if I'm trying to understand where the men are coming from, is that some of these men, a lot of times their their relationships with their spouse isn't founded in love the same way we find our relationships in love. And so sometimes they, they ooh their wives for their entire lives for the sake of raising children and making sure the children have opportunities here in the U.S. to go to school and, and now that they don't have children and they don't have the obligation, they now have time to focus on what truly makes them happy. And then they're kind of conflicted on what that really is. And then in a lot of these cases uh, for these men is that being with the current wife and that dynamic of that relationship isn't what makes them happy. Like you were saying, like these guys, they weren't happy in the relationship. But for the sake of raising kids or the sake of face, like they ooh this relationship all this time. But now that the kids are older, like I've heard this before, like some OGs are like, you know, you know, like like that, you know. And then the last reason then is simply to move on. And sometimes, you know, in these relationships, some of these men just aren't happy for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. They they don't know how to get out of it until they just find something else. So um, we talk a little bit more about that dynamic in our past episode, but they're just trying to want something to go to before they leave their current one. So how do you feel about OGs dating and marrying overseas, too? Ah, oh, sure, dude. Uh, like, my personal feelings is it's fucked up. Especially if, like, they're fucking, like, 50, 60, 70, and they're, like, marrying, like, 18 or early 20s, even, like, late 20s. I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. But, you know, know, fuck. Then again, who am I to judge true love? <laughs> so, Shut so, up. This is not even true love. <laughs> How do, do you, we can't speak for that, dude. Yeah, uh, I know, but <laughs> the majority of it's not. I think, yeah, I can't justify these relationships where I find it very difficult to justify these relationships because like, this is just straight up exploitation, real and severe. Because none of these women, okay, it's a very small minority, but like if they had their choice, they would not be choosing men of this age. 
You sure you're only saying that because it hurts your ego that an old guy can get a hot girl and you can't? Well, if I was doing the same thing the old guy was, that hot girl would probably prefer me over that OG then. But what if he, she didn't? Would that hurt your ego? <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> no, I was just fucking with you. No, but like, yeah, so it, it's just, I don't think any of these women, if they had better options, would would resort to this. Mm-hmm. So I just I just can't get with it. I'm I'm totally against it. No, I agree. Like I said, it's fucked up. But then, yeah, shit is fucked up. I don't know, dude. I don't know what else to say. So then, too, you know, these relationships do happen, and it's happening with our fathers, our uncles, home men, older home men. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've said we don't support these relationships, and I think it's an issue that you know this goes unaddressed largely in our communities. And I've seen when it goes unaddressed, even within families. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to talk about or a hard thing to engage your father or your uncle about, you know, because most of the time you have this relationship where they're the father and you are the son or, you know, they're the uncle and you are the nephew, but there's still like a father son relationship where, you know, it's hard to speak up or, hard to talk to them on the same level because they don't see you that way. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we can't solve the exploitation because of the inherent economic differences in the two mm-hmm. countries. In order to do that, we would have to bring those countries to the same standard of living as our own. Mm-hmm. But I do think we can try to minimize the prevalence of this by influencing our fathers to not exploit or not to pursue these types of relationships. So I think a way to do this is you first have to open a dialogue with your father or your uncle. But in this uh, case, we're just talking about our fathers. So for example, like you have to first try to understand them. Where are they coming from? What's going on? Why are they doing this? And I think that's important because if you think about it, they're used to being the authority figure, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't want to be told what to do, what challenge, what to do. So I think you need to first disarm them by just saying, hey, let me just listen to you. Express your feelings to me. And just listen, are there relationship problems? And if there are, maybe we can help them think through what are some more productive and less destructive ways to address those problems. And then, you know, secondly, going back to what we talked about, I think a big piece of this is tied to a lack of purpose. You know, the whole, Mm -hmm. I've raised my children. And so Hmong men, what I've seen, older Hmong men, they are good at focusing on goals and achieving those, you know, like mm-hmm. raising children, put my head down. Ooh, this relationship, raise these children. Okay. My head down. These are what's expected of me. I'm going to follow that. And so when they get to this lack of purpose stage, it's like, they don't know how to act. And add to that, I feel like some fathers don't have a strong bond or relationship with their spouse. So like we were saying earlier, their love isn't based on the same ideals of love that we have theirs is more like based on economic uh, needs and reproduction uh, reproductive needs yeah and so uh, yeah the first step is to understand them and this is where it's hardest for me to say like what is the smoking gun on why these men do that mm-hmm. um i guess i haven't talked to enough men who do that or the men who i see do that i haven't had these conversations with and, and I do want to have these conversations with you to try to understand what is the underlying reasons why they're doing that. But I think it has to start from a place of understanding before we can judge their actions. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, let's say uh, after you understand them, 
what's next? So what do you got to do next, man? Yeah, if you, after you understand them, and I think where we're, you're going with this is like, and they say, yes, this relationship is no longer a relationship that makes me happy, mm-hmm. right? And I think naturally, then I would say if that were my father to be like, well, then you shouldn't be in this relationship, dad. And you should get out of this relationship and then find what it is that does make you happy. Because then if you do get out of this relationship and you go overseas, then at least I don't have to look at you as you cheating on mom. Uh, in that case, I can be like, you're pursuing your own happiness. And who am I as a man to tell someone not to pursue their own happiness? Oh, yeah. I, and I can definitely agree with that. But I think the issue with our culture and our mom and men roles is that it's hard to do that. It's hard to just divorce your wife of 40 years or 30 years, you know, someone you built a whole lifetime with, you know, especially when it involves uh, not just the culture or traditions, but, you know, in a way, can we say religion? Yeah. It, and we talked about this in a Mother's Day episode. It's like our mothers, it's so difficult for them to leave these relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like they also don't then want to be divorced by their spouses either because they want to retain that family component. And so, so these men are like, well, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's tough. It is. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but, you know, I feel like if the relationship is toxic and it's hurting both parties, then at that point, I would strongly advise both parties to split up or find a mutual um, beneficial relationship where they can live together. Even if this was the case and my father wasn't happy, but he was unwilling to leave to my mother and I've expressed to him that he should just leave and seek his own happiness. And then my mother's also like, well, I don't want to leave either. I think I would make it clear to him then though, that I don't condone your cheating Mm -hmm. overseas and just kind of speak up and hold them accountable in terms of like, if you, by you doing these things, you know, like this is the impact it has on me as your son. And I will hold you accountable to your actions and your actions are inherently cheating because I don't condone old Hmong men with these relationships in the first place and, and just making sure they understand where you are at. And we, I think we as Hmong sons, we need to, as you said, we need to understand our fathers and then we need to be a, a measure of accountability for them because their peers are not holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. Their daughters can hold them accountable. What we already understand for right or wrong, their daughters and the words that they have have less value to their fathers than their sons do. And, you know, the key word you said here is accountability. That's the most important thing. And that's the bottom line only thing that you can really do. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, disown your father. That's not realistic. But what you can do is express to them how him cheating on your mother will affect our relationship. Just tell him straight up, you know, you know, you're going to share a Bitch, you're going to share a car. You know, bitch, I did pay your uh, you that's all in the end that's all you can really do and i'd even add on to that you know and also say you know you make sure it's all we can do and and you know i i want to even say it's not even much you know because what we're saying here is like making sure they understand the consequence of their actions and holding them accountable for their actions and making sure they see those consequences when it happens but you know home man man they are hard headed as hell especially the older home man 
happiness. Like this is giving me more happiness than than the way you guys value me. Well, I think in a way, you know, like if your father truly understands you, like okay, he will acknowledge that you know there are consequences, and he may uh, change. But if we don't speak up at all, then they'll never have that chance. Yep. And whether or not it impacts the outcome for ourselves, so we just can't be complicit. And, and essentially, by being complicit, we condone and we're enabling that to happen. And so, I think for ourselves, like, hey, 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 I'll be honest, like most of us, we don't have a strong relationship with our dad to the point where we can talk about our feelings or we can express our feelings openly. So it's a really hard thing to do. So I'm not saying I expect all Hmong sons to do this, but, you know, this is a start. And, you know, sometimes you got to try, you know. Mm-hmm. Without trying, there's just no way things would ever change. Mm-hmm. And I hope, you know, we as a community can continue to have this dialogue better understand these men in terms of what the reasons they are going to do this for. Try to support these men with other activities or opportunities that fulfill these needs or these lack of things that they don't have and and continue this talking so that one day we can figure out what the smoking gun is and figure out how to deal with it. Okay, Chu, now that we've got all the serious stuff out of the way, we can't really talk about overseas dating and not acknowledge what was probably a serious, intense situation, but also very humorous for the people that's watching home of uh, Alan Lee from a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's definitely a cautionary tale, dude. Um, do Do you want to give the audience a little bit quick explanation of what was going on? So, what from what I recall is Alan Lee went overseas to see a girl that he was been talking to. But it turns out this girl was already married to a dude. So the dude got pissed. I think the dude's name was like Jay. So that guy came and fucking brought his Hmong knife and threatened to kill this Alan Lee guy. And they caught all on video. It was just kind of funny because the situation turned out okay. And that's why I find humor. Like, like I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's funny to be held at knife point, like Hmong knife point by your hair with a dude <laughs> threatening to stab you and hitting you with his knife and people watching like, okay, like that's obviously not okay. But in hindsight, when they, all these like, it's like, oh shit, bro. Like my reaction initially was like, is this shit really happening? <laughs> One, this dude, first of all, has super long hair. He's like a musician, plays a guitar, like shit for real. And then two, this dude is really like out, just out of control. Ooh, oh no. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? Dude, the most memorable thing I remember from that is that Alan Lee is the best acoustic guitar player ever. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I, people kept saying. I'm like, what? I never yeah. heard this guy ever, dude. Yeah. I heard like it was all of his show too, you know, like because his wife has been like Kunya from Alan Lee, you know, so it was all like kind of show to kind of get themselves out of it and not look bad or things like that. Oh. To pretend like he wasn't in the know. And when he was really actually in the know too, and they were both doing it, that's at least one story that I heard. So then that's why I thought it was even more funny because it's like this dude be straight up acting. He's not actually passionate about this right now. Mm. 
luckily someone intervenes and then he's all like <laughs> you know how it had to end right how he like someone calms it down and he walks yeah, away <laughs> Well, I'll be honest, like, guys, they think they're, you know, they think they're the shit, you know, and, you know, their wife is cheating money from these uh, mommy guy guys, but then, you know, when these guys actually come to collect, like, shit gets real, and then these Laos guys, they can't handle that shit, because now shit's getting real, and then your wife might really get fucked by another dude, because he's come to collect, you know, so, like, now, like, he has to either let his wife sleep with another dude, or... You know, act this way to like show that, you know, you can't do this, you know. And I'd almost say like, not to say lucky, but like this is probably a luckier situation that I've heard of mm-hmm. Hong men, older Hong men being held ransom, you know, yes. until their family send money. And I'm just like, dang, guys, like you all got to First of all, if y'all going over there just to play, that's not great. If you're an OG going over there, we said we don't we don't support that. But fucking got to watch yourself these days. Well, yeah, and I think, like, the thing with this one is the reason why it was so impactful or, you know, it makes such a big impression on everyone is we all heard stories about guys going over there and stuff like this happens to them, but we never actually seen it. And then when you actually see it on the internet, then it makes it all the more real. Dude, and I think I mean, that's why it was so, like, it was so, like, what the fuck, dude? Dude, I mean, I think he legit pulled out some of Alan's hair or cut some of his fucking hair off like shit like how more how more real could that get yeah that's fucking Um, crazy though so just be careful y'all all right man let's get into our last segment and let's do some life advice so the first one anonymous I have a funny story to share. A Korean drama. My girlfriend and I have been dating for a little over two years now. We both had children before. My daughter who will be turning 14 and her son 14 turning 15 soon. The girlfriend and I hang out as usual bringing a little broken family together. Things went pretty well between us all. Up until the constant hangout we had come to a problem. My girlfriend's son has a crush on my daughter. And to me, I think my daughter is catching feelings for him too. I think it's childish love and kind of cute. But what the fuck did I do? I went through my daughter's phone and found out a little secret. They may have been dating. From babe this to babe that. What the fuck did I do? <laughs> Dude, this guy is like my worst nightmare to be in like eight years when my daughter is like 14, dude. Like... You know, if I if I marry or date a divorcee who has children and my daughter and her son start to like each other, oh my god. So this question is kind of like, what would I do in that situation, basically, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like I would be okay if they dated because, you know, they're not related and their step-parents are together, mm-hmm. but they're together. I don't feel like that should be a restriction on their ability to like each other, but it's still fucking weird, man. Dude, this is fucking easy. You guys are bad parents. Be better. <laughs> God damn it, dude. What? And just tell the kids to dude. stop? And just tell the kids to stop? Yeah. Well, no. Just fucking raise them better. Don't fucking 
date your stepbrother or stepsister. It's not that fucking hard. <laughs> I don't know what that because because they've only been dating for a little over two years now, right? So I don't know. I mean, this is some fucking nasty shit. No, I, yes, I understand that they're not blood related, but you know, you're gonna be your own fucking in law. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know from the. From the awkwardness of the familial relationships, it's going to be weird as fuck. Mm-hmm. But from a love standpoint, why should they be restricted from loving each other? I don't oh, know. Dude, this is where like parents like fail. Like You have to understand that fucking teenagers or just uh, men and women in general, they can't be friends. They can't spend time together. They can't be in close contact because eventually someone's going to catch feelings or both parties are going to catch feelings. Like, you just have to be woke about that. Don't I mean, stop being blind to it. I mean, like like he's saying though, it probably is childish love. There's probably low chances to get married, so it's kind of like you could you could intervene and tell them to stop, or you just naturally let that thing die by itself because it probably will. So I guess if this were my daughter, I probably would mention to her, "Hey, probably not the greatest thing to be doing. Do you really like this boy? Why can't you go like something else and just hope that it dies by itself?" But I would not force be like, "You need to absolutely stop talking to this boy." Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't either. What I would do is break up with my girlfriend. And now it's not a problem. <laughs> uh, I'm not even fucking lying. I'm serious, dude. Now she's going to be all jaded and she's going to tell her son to stop talking to your daughter then. Korean so drama. Then? Korean drama is finest. And then when that happens, you can go back to her and be like, oh, now that they're not dating, we can come back to each other. Yeah. See? You got to think two steps ahead of your kids, <laughs> man. Fucking dumb. <laughs> All right, right. Let's go to the next one. All right, last one, anonymous. All right, I need y'all honest opinion. Well, so a few weeks ago, me and my cousin and my bro hung out. Come to find out, one of our gay in parentheses, he's not really gay, but he never had a girlfriend before. Cousin finally got a girlfriend. He was boasting and bragging about how pretty she is, and we said, "Show us a picture or your line." But he wouldn't show us. And he just kept bragging about how pretty she is. Like singing green or whatever. Then I said, is she as pretty as, in parentheses, my bro's wife's name? And everyone went quiet and awkward. (laughs) My bro went apeshit, angry. He thinking, I'm checking out his wife, but nah. So I need your opinion. Is it wrong to see other people's wives as pretty? Shit, I see my sisters and them's husband as uh, handsome, too. But I ain't gay or checking them out. It's just a thing where you see good-looking people, and they're good-looking. I didn't mean to make my bro crazy. LOL. Now he won't come over to our house, and he's mad at me. But when he comes, he don't take his wife or kids. I did apologize to him and said that there's nothing nasty going on in my mind. But fool man angry. (laughs) (laughs) So let me know. Is it a crime to see your sibling's spouse as good looking? Help a brother out, ladies. What you think? Thanks. Well, we ain't exactly ladies. But if I'm going to focus on his question, is it a crime to see your sibling's spouse as good looking? The answer is no. Because we we see good looking and ugly looking, whether or not we want to admit it. Everybody sees beauty or lack of beauty. So in our heads, if somebody's good looking, you're not going to be like, Oh, you're no longer an eight just because you're my brother's uh, spouse. I'm going to just tell my brain to downgrade you to a four physically based on your attraction. I just don't believe that happens. So whether or not you say something, it is going on in your head. Now, if you're going to ask a question of whether or not he should have said something, 
that's a different conversation. Dude, this is so fucked up, dude. Young people nowadays, they got no respect, no sense of the bro code. You know, bro code 101, dude. Don't creep on another bro's girl. So you're telling me you can control your brain that the second you see someone who's naturally attractive because they're with somebody, you're going to be like, my brain is now going to see that person as a two. That's not what I'm saying. I say, don't be a creep about it. That's sure. different. Right, but that, but going to his initial question is just on the fact, can you think that? The, the answer is yes, you can think that. But the next step is don't be a creep about it. Yes, don't be a fucking creep about it, dude. It's not and that, that fucking one, hard. And that one he agree with. And, you know, but what I will say, though, his brother, I think I think the reaction initially I can get with. it would be, I would be like, the fuck you say? Right? <laughs> like, wait, what? Wait, like, what? Like, I can get with that. But then... I think he's taking way too far to think his brother is going to like be wanting to smash his wife and like try to keep his wife away, you know, hide his wife from his brother. I was just like, I think you're going overboard by doing that. <laughs> well, I don't know. They are brothers. So it's hard to say. My uncle did tell me one time that your friend might want to smash your wife, but your brother will never smash your wife. So, yeah, so, so I mean, he's just not going apeshit crazy then. But the funny thing is, though, you know, I have been listening to, is it Nijot thing or whatever that storyteller oh, yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of stories about wives who get with brothers. And so I can see I where this guy's insecure. I can see why this guy's insecurity is playing in. It's just basically like, hell no. If you think my wife is cute or good looking, you're going to be keeping either. And someday you're going to fucking be like flirting with her and you're going to be cheating with her. I do understand that, you know, it's the exception when the wife is getting <laughs> with two brothers, you know. But it still happens, and you never you never think it's you until it's you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't blame the brother. You know? yeah. like, I get it. Like, yeah, like, I don't. I don't blame the brother for going apeshit crazy. I wouldn't go crazy, you know, because you know I'm confident in my ability to lock down my own wife. You know? <laughs> lock down. No, but but I, I'm with you though. Like, it's like I probably wouldn't go this extreme, but I would be like cognizant of like them being alone i think just my wife being alone with any man in general right in, in, in any spot like i'd be cognizant of that not to say like i would never let that happen but it would be like you would think about it and you, you would you would decide what's your comfort level with it but i wouldn't be like my wife can never come and be around you period oh yeah yeah that's weird well that's fucked up but you know like the way i do it i do have that conservative or og thinking any women that are related to someone i know or i'm friends with they're automatically, in my mind, they're already a man. So I'll never have any thoughts of them being pretty or any feelings of any kind at all. Yeah. You just said before that that doesn't mean what you say. Like you will still see beauty in whatever no, beauty I is can to do you. That. No, 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 no. I can do that. Other guys, they don't have that kind of uh, willpower and <laughs> I, I have that capability, dude. Awesome. Dude, you just married my brother? Dude, you're a dude now. That's all I see you as. <laughs> So then, so then if they're a dude, then, then is it okay for you to be their friend? Nope. <laughs> but they're a dude I don't want to on their own friends, dude. <laughs> I don't come to your place and steal your friend's man. That's not how it works, man. <laughs> no. It wouldn't be no, stealing. It's you being friends with my friends. No. No, it's but, fine. <laughs> okay. That, that topic's a little bit too hot. We'll save that for, for another day. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Go like our Facebook. And also subscribe to our podcast on all the platforms such as Google, Apple, and Spotify. All right. Peace out, guys. Until next time, y'all.
Look up. 